Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Each episode, we discuss a different photography subject. With my co-host Terry, we just try to make sense of some of the things we love about photography and some of the things that we don't love as much. Come join us. Welcome to this edition of Photo Mission Focus. Terry, how are you? I'm really well. How are you? I'm pretty good. We're in the office this time. It's we're great. Back, we're back together. Um, <laughs> getting the band back together. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Interaction. Interaction. Hey, um, tell me what you've been up to. Uh, this week has been starting to get back to normal. So it's ramping up, uh, getting ready to see clients again, making all of the arrangements for that kind of stuff, which is exciting. It is. It is. Yeah. Finally to be kind of coming out of lockdown and getting yeah. some freedoms is definitely, I think, for a lot of people, because a lot of people, cabin fever's really been... Yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed that it's opening up, to be honest. I wish that it would go for another couple of months because people have really started to appreciate each other, I guess. Well, they do. I mean, and people have been kind of, um, I think, I've never seen so many people out exercising, walking. I know. And today, not so many because the world's open slightly. Yes. Yeah. yeah not so, so many today. It changes quickly. Yeah. Changes quickly. But, but we'll, we'll never quite be the same. <laughs> so we might just get right into this yeah, one. Yeah, let's do it. So what we're talking about today is night photography. So I suppose we should maybe explain night photography is really low light photography, mm. really, isn't it? Extremely low. And it kind of fits across... Any type of photography you might do is like mm-hmm. as a wedding photographer mm-hmm. is going to involve some type of absolutely. night photography. Yes, absolutely, especially when it comes to the reception um, and also doing a few creative things with your couples in the evening. Yes. It can be really valuable to have a little bit of uh, background knowledge and skill and practice and experience when it comes to night photography. That's it. So it's good learning those techniques about what's going to happen when you're going to have the shutter open for a long period mm-hmm. of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The camera really needs to be on a good steady tripod. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you have to be quite uh, steady-handed, which does take a bit of practice, but once you do, it's pretty good to have yeah, on board. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, you can you can actually practice to shoot slow shutter speed handheld. Yes. If you um, practice, it's a bit a bit like firing a rifle, you know, just <laughs> a minute before you pull the trigger. Like if you, you know, the professional photo- um, shooters, when they're shooting at the Olympics, mm. they've got that incredible control over the mm-hmm. rifle that they can pull that trigger and still hit the target. Absolutely. I used to be quite good at it, I guess, with my age, getting older. Not, I'm not old by any shape or form, but getting on a little bit and having a few kind of RSI issues. I'm not as good as I used to be with that one. Yeah, so. I, well, I think a lot of things you do as you get older, like tends yeah. to be you're not quite as sharp on the mm. on the reflexes. Your shoulder strength is not quite as good to hold your camera and lenses up. But, uh, yeah, so now it's like monopods or tripods to keep it steady. So Exactly. So yeah. I suppose some of the typical examples of night photography that you see quite often and people might have seen it and, and maybe not have tried it is that things like, you know, city photography where the car, mm. the car light trails. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, essentially what's happened is the camera is on a tripod, it's a very long exposure mm-hmm. and the cars are moved past and all you actually see are where the headlights and the taillights yeah. were, which yep. creates a really interesting effect. Yeah, absolutely. And there's lots of things you can do with painting with light as well, which I know that you've, you've done a few things yeah, with painting I'm, with light and light streams and things. Things like that. So sometimes uh, it's interesting, we should say this, and this is this was not... <laughs> it was not planned. This was not planned. <laughs> but I, I put a picture up on Instagram last night mm. of, of a sunset photo. Yes, I saw that one. Where, where, where I used light, where I yes. used a speed light. So yes. I've lit a tree on the water with the speed light and you've yes. got the sunset in the background. So yes. you, you get this quite unusual because normally 
I'd shoot that. That tree would be in complete silhouette. Silhouette, yeah. And the pop of the flash just lit all the branches mm-hmm. and the reflection in the water mm. is, is lit too. Because, of course, of because course, Because the yeah. trees reflected the light, mate. Yeah, quite nice. So it's kind of interesting that you can use, and you, you talked about being creative with, mm-hmm. with it. And some of the yeah. things that I know as wedding photographers quite often you'll see that where they'll mm-hmm. get the bride and groom and you'll get the twilight. Yes. And then you'll just pop the flash to get... Yeah. The exposure on the bride and groom. Yes. And you see that shot and, and it yeah. works really well. Yeah. And sometimes we actually even do backlighting as well, which is quite a quite a popular technique, um, especially when it rains yes. at night. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Yep. Um, so when, when you're talking backlighting, you're putting the lights actually behind the subject. Yeah. And what you do is you'd either infrared or wireless trigger that one yep. off. So it would, um, it would fire and you'd get a silhouette kind of effect, but also... Halo lighting around your person. If you're familiar with glamour photography, you'd know the halo lighting. Yes, yep. <laughs> and, and 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 sometimes, like I mean, people will will chase rim lighting where you mm. where you lit something from behind and mm-hmm. the outer edges of it. Beautiful, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and sometimes you can get that phenomena to happen naturally with sunlight. Someone's yes. hair, you can actually yeah kind of yeah. catch that rim lighting effect. Absolutely, and a lot of um a lot of photographers now are, are using uh, sparklers. Yes, as well with their wedding work um, yeah. and photographing couples with sparklers. Just a word of caution, but sparklers are quite hot. So, yeah, don't is... light a whole bunch of them like I've seen some bridal parties do. Yeah, well, <laughs> but also be mindful. Any, any time that you're using any any props like that, mm-hmm. where like they produce a lot of heat. Yes, we see people using the smoke bombs as well. They um, do get quite hot as they, well. Yeah, they get quite hot. So you've mm. got to be really mindful if you're using any of those things that you really need to be mindful of of your safety and everyone else's safety. Mm. Of those things that, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen people, you know, doing stuff and spinning steel wool and sitting. Oh, spinning steel wool. I've always wanted to try that, but. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty dangerous type of pastime. But You also do a lot of night photography where you capture uh, starlight, don't you? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, look, I mean, it's amazing. I'm always amazed that when you set the shutter to a very long time mm. on a camera, what you can actually see. Mm. That the eye can't see. Yes, and some of the hues and the colours are just fantastic. Yes, I've seen some, but I've not. I'm not particularly skilled at doing night photography, so we'll have to go out sometime and you'll have to show me. Do some, do <laughs> yeah. some night stuff. So, yeah. And the, a couple of prerequisites for night photography is you need a good steady tripod, mm-hmm. right? There's no substitute. If you've got a flimsy little travel tripod, may it's, not work. Well, it may yeah. not work. I mean, there's a couple of things that are your enemy when you're doing night photography. It'll be perfectly calm and flat until you pull the camera out and put it on a tripod and guess what? And then <laughs> the wind just comes from somewhere. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it is. It is. Or you'll have some trucks go past if you're trying really hard to be on the side of the road somewhere quiet and yes. it just it vibrates the ground and you, you, you're you done. You've got to start that, again. And that's it. And look, so those types of things that if you introduce any type of little movement into a long exposure and you've got, you know, lo- the camera moves a bit, Nothing looks worse than these little squiggly lights where That's right. It's so disappointing. It. <laughs> and look, I mean one of the things that when you can nail those shots where you've got the the little street lights and they're all doing the starburst. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people think that's a post production thing. No. And and it's typically done most lenses around F16. Yes. Will give you that nice starburst yes. effect. Yeah. Same as, yeah. same as same as on the other end of the spectrum, if you go right down to really shallow, so you've got a 2.8 lens, you get that nice bokeh effect with the yes, lights. Yes, it's beautiful. It's and, absolutely and, beautiful. And again, that's another form of night photography where you, you can play with depth of field, mm-hmm. you know, and you get two totally different looks. So mm. 
if you've got say a um, you know a, a twenty four mil two point eight lens, mm-hmm. shoot shoot at two point eight, like shoot at that really shallow depth of field with some street lighting behind you, and you'll get that beautiful bokeh. Yeah, of the the lights and the especially there's neon signs, all kind of virtually blends in together. Incredible. There's a few Instagram photographers and, and forgive me because I, I, off the top of my head I couldn't think of their names but they do do a lot of really creative stuff in low light in the city with the bright neon lights yes. and it's so effective. Yes, yes. So incredibly effective. So the other form of night photography you see which is very popular too is is the one where you've got say a model but then you use like the fairy lights mm-hmm. and you'll string the, the fairy lights out and they'll shoot typically very shallow depth of field mm. so the model's face is... Um, in focus. In focus. Just, yeah. But the little fairy lights are, are all out of focus. Yeah. And all, you know. And so how long do you think those exposures would be? They'd probably be around about a 30th of a second. Um, sometimes a bit, maybe in a bit longer. Yeah. So, so you, I mean, as you well can, you need a subject that's going to be able to yeah, <laughs> sit well, nice I mean, and still. Well, you, well the, the trick there, if you're shooting people and you're shooting in low light, is you really need to work with your model. Yes. So And, and, and explain to them what you're doing, mm. saying... I need you to be really still for as long as you can. When I yeah. say when I say I'm going to shoot, I want you to kind of just freeze, stay still as long as you can because any little bit of movement, if they kind of twitch their nose or you know batter it their eyelids or something, makes it look like you haven't focused properly. <laughs> that's right. Look, it looks it can mess it up. But yeah, it is, it is a nice shot that when you can get a shot where you've got those all those elements and everyone knows what yeah. is, is asked of them to do. Yes. And that, but on, it, look, it's a great thing to experiment night photography. Yeah. And it's, it, the other thing about it is, it's something that you can do out in your street. I've got some. I've taken shots out in my cul-de-sac, mm-hmm. especially like we're coming into winter. Oh yes, cold like the fog. <gasps> and oh the street yes, lights. I completely forgotten about the fog. The fog on the way to the Sunshine Coast is incredible. Yeah. You just get stuck in these little valleys. Uh, yes, and, and, and oh. if you've got if you've got street lights or you know, there's other lights there that. Mm. It works with the fog and it makes and it can make for a really eerie, yes, eerie shot. Yeah, like you can really get the suspense in the shot. Yeah, it can. I've been dying for many years to actually take advantage of those opportunities, so I'll have to put that on this year's bucket list. That's right. You'll have to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can actually start off by doing some night photography in your street. Yes. Right, and just practice playing around with different setups on the camera yes so typically when you're going to be shooting night you're going to be fully manual Mm. you're going to have you're going to control everything which is a really good opportunity to practice your manual photography for those who are who are not that confident with it it's it's a great way to understand light exactly because you can you can actually take a shot you can then evaluate what Mm -hmm. the what has happened Mm -hmm. whether it's worked and then make decisions on Mm. is it my aperture is it my shutter Mm -hmm. speed is my ISO too low? Do and that's I'm... a really good point, your ISO. If it's too high, your image is going to be quite grainy. And yes. if you're not after that effect, it's not going to benefit you. Yeah. And typically, typically if I'm kind of shooting those kind of night scenes, I will be down at kind of 100 to 200 yeah, ISO. Yeah, right, right, okay. I won't be typically up in the higher ISOs yeah. because you are trying to keep the grain out of the, out of the image because yes. you've got the advantage of using a longer shutter speed. That's right. You don't always have the advantage maybe of using a shallow adaptive field because there might be more in the image that you want to try and mm. capture. Mm-hmm. But fantastic. And like, and, you, and you talked to, too about the other thing that goes hand in hand is light painting. Mm. So I've seen people take great car shots. So they, they pose the car, it's lit by a street light. Yes, which would be a longer exposure at night anyway. That's right. Yes. But then what they've done is 
they've just painted the car in with like an LED torch. Yes. So basically they've shone the torch over sections and you do you've got to do it like think about it like you're painting a house. Yes. You start at the front and you paint all the way to yeah. the back. So yeah. wherever you wherever you paint that light, yes. the camera is going to expose that on the on the image. That's right. I have to say there's an amazing Brisbane photographer, Todd Hunter McGraw. McGraw, sorry. Um and he he does he Many years ago, I remember watching his work, and he was doing incredible stuff with um, rainbow light sticks and yes. all sorts of things, painting with light. Very incredible, incredible photography. Yes, and look, yeah. night photography allows you to play with things like glow sticks. Yes, <laughs> you know, there's a whole range of things you can do. Yeah, Any, anything that can produce light, and mm-hmm. there's so many little LED. There's little finger lights that go on your fingers. Have you oh, seen them? Oh yes, I'm back in my raving days, I remember those. <laughs> <laughs> but anything, any any light source is yeah. You can be creative with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I've seen people attach those little LED lights to like an old bicycle rim. Yes. Then spin the rim mm-hmm. right, and then rotate it through a 360 to create an orb effect. Yes, you can, so, can't you? And you kind of create a really you know, mm. and some some of those exposures are quite long because you need to be able to, mm. you know, you're spinning this thing and you're turning it. Mm-hmm. And, and I've also seen photographers do a lot of night work where they actually paint with light in a way that they're going to flash. They're going to use flash photography with an extremely long exposure and what they do is they change the colour of the light for yes. each time they flash. So they could flash up to 50 times within the one exposure. Yep. But each time it's a different colour, a different different um, Kelvin temperature and, and whatnot. So it's quite effective and quite beautiful, very yes, dramatic it, lighting. It gives a really dramatic effect. Yeah, yeah. The, the other thing that people can do, they can play, which kind of works in with night photography because you're doing the slow kind of shutter, shutter speed, speed stuff and yeah. you know, blurred motion and then having is using um, second curtain flash or mm-hmm. rear curtain flash. It's, it's called both. Yeah, that's a really popular technique on uh, dance floors at weddings. <laughs> yes. And, and just to explain to people what that means is it means typically that when the, the shutter opens, the, you're exposing just using the ambient light and just before the shutter closes, the flash will go off. Mm-hmm. So whatever's happening at that point, the flash will freeze it. That's right, yeah. So to give an idea, like if you've seen the shot where someone's like they're kind of lunging forward with a punch mm-hmm. and the fist is all nicely frozen. But behind is but this beautiful the bo- blur. The, blur of... the body's blurred mm. and everything's blurred because the slow shutter speed. I remember um, playing around with um, second curtain flash with a tennis ball and a black background. So I just took a black background. yeah. Hard surface on the floor, like uh-huh. hard concrete floor. Yes. Totally black, just a yellow tennis ball, tripod, set up, camera, yeah. long, long, long shutter speed. So no real, not a lot of ambient light in the room. Uh-huh. And you bounce the, the ball, right? So what you get is you get this blurred effect of the ball bouncing. And then when the flash pops at the end, you've, you've frozen the ball and you can see Wilson or the brand of the ball if you're yeah. lucky enough to have it. Okay. Yeah. And it creates a really interesting effect. Yes. And I used to do something similar when I was in the nightclubs back in my early 20s. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I can relate to those ones. That's it. So, so you can have a lot of fun of night photography mm. and, and that type of stuff, like I said, because you can introduce different types of light sources. Mm-hmm. And these days there is some fantastic... LED torches. We're spoiled. We're so incredibly spoiled. Like even even your LED um, like studio equipment that that you yes. can get the little the little tiny like the, some of them are as small as a credit card. Yes. And the LED lights and the LED light 
light source is so strong, so yes. crisp, so clear that it's incredible to use. That's right. You can carry. I've got a, um, it's a brand of torch LED lenser, which is a made by the Leverman company. And it's, mm-hmm. an inc- they're incredibly bright torches mm-hmm. and they're a variable beam torch. So you can go to wide to, to a very narrow Amazing. beam. Amazing, yeah. They're great for light painting. Um, they're great for, um, I love it too. And, and look, the other trick is pulling focus in low light. That's something, if, if you're trying to get focus, sometimes it's very hard. I mean, some people will put, just set the camera. We talked about the settings being manual. Mm-hmm. But some people then obviously turn off autofocus because autofocus will hunt in low light. Yes. It's trying to find a focal point and it may not be the point that you actually want it to focus yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. So and I know you talked about in the previous exercise, I think, were you using your iPhone as a bit of a hack to use as a, a yeah. focusing guide? <laughs> Which is one of my tricks. <laughs> if I am really struggling on a low light dance floor, I will turn the torch on on my iPhone and I will hover it above my camera to help it focus because yes. the internal... Focusing light is not, al- it's not. not It's not always that great. No, no. Well, it does they do struggle at night time. Mm. So sometimes if you are doing like a, a you know long exposure night photography, you're better off to do manual focus. Take the camera off auto focus. Exactly. And, and just do it manual focus. Yeah. And that way too, because it may be that you're actually you don't want the whole image in focus. Mm-hmm. You'll pick. If you've got a person in there, you may just want that person's face to be in focus Mm. and you're happy to have the background, foreground blur out. Mm -hmm. And here's a question for you regarding that. So if you were to use a smaller aperture. Yes. So not a 2.8 F16 or F22. Two or something, yes. (laughs) Please help me there. My brain's gone. Um, Would that mean that you potentially would not have to focus as much if you were using F22 because your depth of field is quite, quite, yeah. Quite large, that's right. So the the area of the image that's going to be in focus is actually going to be quite a lot more. That's right, yeah, yeah. And and that may be the effect that you're going for or it Mm. may not be the effect. You may be Mm. going for a different effect. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the aperture plays... Aperture plays a big role in night photography. Mm. And I have to say the first time I really understood how much of a role that aperture played in night photography was after watching the Zach Aris One Light tutorial. Yes. For some reason that was my light bulb moment. Everything actually made sense because I learned by doing yes. his tutorial video, which is many, many years old now. I'd have to say it's maybe 10, 15 years old. Yep. Um, it just has incredible, incredible um, knowledge in there about understanding light. Yes. And and, and, and the, the beauty about Anyone who teaches about light, it it never changes. Like when, mm. if you saw something that made ten years ago and it mm-hmm. made sense to you and worked, you could watch someone. You could watch that today and it would make sense and work for them as well because that's light doesn't change. Mm. And, you know, when yeah. I'll have to do a refresher because I really enjoyed watching that years ago. So I wonder if it's still as enjoyable. <laughs> well, yeah, it would be. I mean, there's always little bits and pieces that you always some, – sometimes like you, said, you look at that stuff with fresh set of eyes. Yes. Know? So you've had a lot of experience now doing lots of things and there might just – that it might just be the catalyst that twigs you to go, you know what? I think I could make a really interesting photo. It's probably going to make me want to out and do night fashion photography again for a while because I know that's when I really got into all of that kind and, of stuff. And, and that kind of, I do like that. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you're doing, say, for instance, you quite often see in the city, you'll see photographer will take a model mm-hmm. and they'll use shop window as the primary light source. Mm-hmm. So you have them, you're shooting, you're kind of hard against the glass shooting. The model's looking into the window. Mm. And you're illuminating the model 
with the window light. And the chap I mentioned on YouTube, uh, not YouTube, sorry, Instagram, he does a lot of that and he's using the neon lights as the colour source, yes. colour and light source, which yes. is so fascinating. Well, it is because you can get all this kind of tapestry yeah. of colour in there and, and, and quite often, you know, what the model will be wearing, like maybe um, her makeup and different sets of yeah. her makeup will pick up certain yeah. colours, like, yes. you know. Yes, And it's so interesting actually because then you can also get a little bit of an understanding on light temperature and how that works because you might see a colour and think that it would expose a particular way. Red and green, red and blue, sorry, are those two colours that photograph yep. in a way that you don't expect. Yes. So you'll find out about heat when it comes to taking photographs in light because yes. of the red colours that, that would be displayed in, in neons and whatnot. Yep. A really, a really good exercise people can do if they want to do some night photography and just see the difference, what colour temperature can do because colour temperature can make an enormous difference, mm -hmm. right? So normally a lot of people have their camera set auto white balance so the camera decides the white balance. Turn that off. <laughs> so you turn off the white, auto white balance and you start selecting different colour temperatures and just play with different ones. And so in a cityscape long exposure, you will create an effect by using like tungsten, mm. you know, as, as the... As the tungsten... Is please. It, a I'm a little rusty. It's blue. Tungsten yeah. is blue. Fluorescent is green. Yes, has a greeny tinge. And what's to the it. yellow one again? It's um. In, oh, I can't remember now. I know I had to do a whole uni project yes. on it, and yeah, so it was the blue, the green, and the and the yellow lights. So, so different, different. Obviously, changing the color temperature of the camera mm. will change the look of the image. Just be um, bear in mind that if you're shooting raw. You can change the <laughs> colour temperature <laughs> afterwards. Um, but most people, what they're seeing on the back of the camera is the JPEG image. Yes. So if you're shooting in JPEG or RAW, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's whatever whatever you're comfortable with. That's right. Because you can, if you do shoot in RAW, one of the advantages are that after in post, you can choose to change the colour temperature on that shot. Yeah, and that's a good way to kind of get familiar with it as well. Just change that, that colour profile and have a look at what it does to your image and it's going to let you know what those colour casts are because that's what the, the temperature is. It's a colour yes, cast. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and and like I said, for different stuff too, like if you're setting up, say, studio lights mm -hmm. and you're lighting a person, mm -hmm. if you, you've really got to set the colour temperature mm. to the lights that you're using because otherwise the person's going to be grey, a normal bar or... <laughs> or grey. And I've made that mistake and thankfully shooting in raw, you can fix you it. You can fix it. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... Yeah. So... You know, some of the things is obviously you can have a lot of fun with night photography and mm. there's so many techniques you can do. Take a friend with you as well so you can bounce ideas off. Yeah, definitely. It's it's, it's a lot of fun and for safety as well, like well, go wanted, with someone else. I wanted to talk about that because mm. the temptation is, okay, you've practised in your street and you've got a bit of a feel and you're feeling confident now you can go and pull off some cityscape. Whiz bang, awesomeness. <laughs> you know, you, you've got you've got some basic settings under your belt and you kind of understand that. Yeah. The other thing too, which is really handy, is when you do go night um, shooting, is make sure you've, I mean, you've got, you, you've got your torch in your camera phone, but I tend to find I keep a little LED torch in my camera bag, mm -hmm. purely just so I can look at things on the lens or yeah. different things, settings, switches and stuff. Drop that you might. a battery, a memory card, you can find it in the dark. You can find it in the dark. <laughs> but, I mean, just, you just need that light source sometimes just to help you. Mm. But then when you do go out and you do decide to venture out, there's a couple of things you've got to be really mindful of and that's your own safety. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not a photograph 
ever taken that was worth someone really getting injured. Yeah, that's right. So if you're going into the city, please take someone with you. Yes. Especially take, take if, a, even, if, even that person doesn't have to be a photographer. Yeah. They can just be a spotter for you. Yeah. Because, because the other thing what you've got to be mindful of is when you're in the zone in photography and photographers are, who will know exactly what we're talking about, <laughs> when you get in that creative zone. Right, it wouldn't matter who's talking to you. You've got no idea. There could be there could be. A, <laughs> Yeah, atomic bombs being dropped either side of you. Yeah. And you're not flinching because you're on a mission. Yeah, yeah. I know my world goes completely quiet. Someone could talk to me and I may not even know they're there. In a wedding scenario, different. Yes. But. (laughs) So the danger of that is that there could be a situation that you're not actually aware of is is happening Mm -hmm. or you've got yourself in in an area where maybe it's not so safe for you. Mm. So it's always Mm. good to have that second set of eyes Mm -hmm. to know where you are and keep safe and then obviously be very mindful of people around you and mm. kind of pick some of the, I mean, the temptation is sometimes to go to these really dark, secluded locations. Yeah. But, and, but sometimes, like I said, they're better dealt with, with a group of That's friends. Right. So you've got a, a number of people to, That's right. to basically. And the other thing you've got to be mindful of is, is just trip hazards. Yeah. <laughs> right? If you're out and you decide that you see a field <laughs> and you go, look at that windmill. I'm going to get a shot. That windmill's going to be in my foreground. I'm going to light paint it in. I'm going to have this amazing, you know, twilight yeah. backdrop. Yeah. And then but you walk through a barbed wire on you, your way. That's right. A, fen- a, fence <laughs> that's, a fence that's fallen down <laughs> and, you know, you tear your leg open. That would bit. be me. I'm so clumsy. <laughs> well, uh, what I'd what say to people, if you're going to go and do a night shoot in a location like that, go scope it through the day. Yes. Go there in full daylight. Yes. Look at the location, plan it and go, okay, I can get in here safely. I can go down here, the steps or there's whatever, whatever. Yes. But scope it out. The worst yes. thing you can do is go there at night and try and find your way and and injure yourself, like yeah. slip over or something. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Like I said, so safety is one of those things that you really have to be mindful of. And if you're going out with a model, yes. they're not your safety person. No, You no. still need someone you need, else. You need – you still – because – they're going to be in the zone as well. You're going to yeah. be in the zone. You're going to go kind of be both tuned in, mm-hmm. making that image. So it's always good to have someone else who's just your, who's just the observer. Yeah, yeah, you just know, your little buddy. Well, they do it on ski boats. You always have the, you know, the person in the back of the boat who's just yep. the observer, just making the, yeah. dri- the driver's driving the boat. Yep. He can't really see what the skier's doing. So there's a person there who's kind of the in between. Yeah. Yeah. So just think about the models, the skier out the back. And you need your spotter. F- That's what we used to call it when you operate a forklift. You've yes. got a spotter. And the, so and, always. And, and the person driving the boat yeah. is a photographer. Yeah. Simple way to think about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like I said, there's a whole world of, like, I suppose, just stuff that you can just experiment. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With, with, with total dark, using total darkness. Gosh, you're making me want to get out there and well, do some, <laughs> some night stuff. I think I'm going to have to. Well, the, the other interesting thing is that, Use of like night photography, like using flash mm-hmm. to freeze the action. Yes, yes. So sometimes we think about during the day we're trying to f- got a sporting event. We're uh-huh. going to we're going to be shooting one thousandth of a second. Because yeah, we're, we're trying to freeze that action. Yeah. At night time, you can be shooting at a very slow shutter speed. But because you've incorporated a flash, flash and it you freezes, pop, you prop that flash. Yep. Um, flash will freeze the action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you talked about it on the dance floor, like people. It's amazing it. on the dance floor. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm the weirdo that actually gets on the dance floor with the with the whole bridal party in the middle, yep. taking weird photos up their noses, over their heads, all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, but that's how you get those different shots. And, that's right, and, the and, memorable ones. But but the thing about it is the reason that you can do it is because you've practised. Mm-hmm. So you've got that experience under your belt. So you kind of mm. know, you can read that situation. And, and look, as a photographer, you've got to be able to read light. Yeah, exactly. If you, exactly. Can't, if you can't read light, you're going to struggle yeah. to, make, to make good photography. Yeah, so that really comes down to experience like you've just mentioned. Yes. So, yeah. So, you know. Practice, 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 practice. practice. I still even need to go out and practice. Well, everyone, look, no one actually has a master's every element of photography. Mm, mm. You know, it's a bit like painting. Painting's a fantastic photography technique for catching moving action and Mm. getting a fantastic effect. But it's something you do have to practice. And some some people get so good at it. You know, you're just envious of the shots they're taking. It's making me think I need to have a little list of things to practice every week just to just to keep remembering and keep practicing and keep and, keep getting better. And that's right. And some of these skills, once you've got these skills under your belt, they can flow over into other areas of photography. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a great thing about photography. Photography... Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a wedding, your wedding photographer and your event photographer. You or, can, you can, it's you knowledge can, transfer. You can, that's mm. right. You can implement these techniques mm-hmm. into a whole range of different styles. Yes, even, I, yeah. You know, even like a, I quite often see sometimes real estate photographers. Yes, will go yes. back and take some night shots yes. of a property. Yes, they've done all the day shots. They've got all the nice shots inside. Yes, but then they'll go back and they'll turn all the lights on in the house. Yes. Right. And then they'll get out in the street and they'll uh-huh. wide-angle lens and they take the shot and they're usually very critical of their colour temperature so they get the nice warm... That's right. ...warm That's lighting, right. so inviting Yeah, insert that sunset behind. Yeah, insert the sunset. A bit, of a, <laughs> bit of a pop of flash to maybe feature the house. Yeah, um, yeah. Or a bit of light painting. They might light paint in Absolutely. Um, areas. Absolutely. You know, there might be a, a couple of, like, you know, key yeah. features that are actually... Strong yes. points to the house that you want to come shining through in that and shot. And you've made a really good point as well about that, like go, just going back to the knowledge transfer. If you can master night photography and you can understand light, that opens up the world for you to potentially do event work. Yes. Where you're, where you're photographing seminars and anything that's like stage lighting, you yes. get a really good understanding of lighting when it comes to those environments when you are good at your night photography work. Yep. So it's really valuable for anyone that's looking to increase their portfolio, gain a bit of knowledge so that they can take on a professional photography job. Yes. So many benefits. It is. And the, one of the things about practising and understanding that night type photography is quite often it's about getting yourself as a photographer in the right position mm-hmm. to better capitalise on the light. So understanding mm-hmm. how that light's going to light that person's face. Mm-hmm. So you've got to know where you need to be standing mm-hmm. as the photographer mm-hmm. under those conditions to actually replicate the photo that you're trying to create. That's right. And don't get disgruntled if you go out once or twice and you don't get it exactly how you want it. Just go out again. Keep practising. Yep. Keep getting it right. You'll know for next time. Just keep... Um, what do they say your first 10,000... Photos are just rubbish anyway. Oh, gosh. I used to know photographers back in the film days who wouldn't even put film in their camera for the first 20 minutes of their shoots. Yep. Wouldn't even bother. It's not worth it. They're just getting in the zone by shooting. And it's an interesting technique because you often hear about this from people who shot professionally as film photographers. And and because film costs money, Mm -hmm. so you you couldn't really afford to – if you were shooting medium format – you really couldn't afford this stuff up too much. Those, sometimes those rolls of films would be $30, $40 yep. and you want to get 10, 15 shots on those. So you're trying to maximise your, you your, your return. Yeah, absolutely. Back in my uni days, I couldn't afford my film. 
like it was. Yeah, well, that, I mean, I must admit when when that was one of the things that when I first started out, it's very very young photographer shooting film. Is that that's what you'd save up and you'd buy film, and if yeah. there's a if there was a special on, you'd try and buy a couple of extra rolls of film. Exactly, yeah, because well, that was your <laughs> ticket to make the images. If you didn't, because we it. used to buy it in bulk at university, so we'd we'd actually load our own film canisters. But yes. even then. Uni students don't have that much money. <laughs> no, that's right. So we're we're actually quite spoiled with digital photography because we've yeah. got we've got the ability now to shoot, have a look. If it doesn't work, we can reshoot and we can make adjustments on the fly and we can actually yeah. see those adjustments. Yeah, and I have to say once once I became confident with digital photography, I learnt really fast how to re- how to um what's the right word for it? I guess rectify any issues that yes. I had with my photography. So anything that wasn't quite right, I knew where I had to correct it. Yep. So I think, look, well worth your while to get out if you haven't shot night photography or you've been kind of worried about shooting low-light photography. Mm. Go and have a crack at it. Yeah. But be safe. Make sure, like I said, you... you, you Location scout. You take someone with, with you. With you. you Mindful you know, of your surroundings. <laughs> yeah, you're prepared and all that type of stuff. So Yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah. Terry, until next time. Yeah, great chat. Thanks. Good. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> See, See ya. ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. If you enjoyed the show today, please leave a comment. Or if you have a suggestion for a subject for our next show, also leave that in the comment as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.